coming up on this month's edition of the Sound Rider Show, we'll be talking about 2022 event highlights here and beyond. Buell announced their hammerhead pricing, and Royal Enfield heads way, way south. It's all coming up next on the Sound Rider Show. Support for the Sound Rider Show is provided in part by Clem's Enum Clop Power Sports, your South Sound destination for your favorite brands like Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Can Am, and Kimco. And Clem's goes beyond motorcycles to satisfy all your outdoor passions with a full line of UTVs, ATVs, snowmobiles, personal watercraft, and cargo trailers. Have you got a dirt bike you want to convert to a snow bike? Visit Clem's today and discover all the possibilities. Hi, this is Chris Fant with WomenADVWriters.com. Welcome to the Sound Writer Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Writer Show. A candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin and whoever else happens to Greetings, riders, all over the Pacific Northwest, all over the United States, all over the world. You have made it to the Soundwriter Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Jennifer Poole. Hey, everybody. And we are going to be talking motorcycles locally, nationally, internationally, whatever we feel like. But being that it has been snowing, can you share with us a moto snow story, Jen? Yeah, my excitement over the past few days, aside from having to deal with freezing pipes, uh, was, uh, well, one of my adventures was uh, when I went out to uh, start the motorcycles, the uh, the KLR was just not having any of it, wasn't interested in starting, and uh, so I decided that uh, I would uh, run the other bikes first and hopefully inspire the KLR, and it <laughs> ended up working out. So whether it was by a function of warming up the garage a little bit or or just the inspiration of, of uh, hearing the other bikes run, the, the KLR uh, ended up starting up. So so if you, ha- if you have the luxury of having more than one bike and you've got one that's a little bit sluggish, I'd say go ahead and get those other ones running, and, and that'll maybe inspire the sluggish one to get on board and start up, and, uh, and at the very least, you'll have a slightly warmer garage. So, so it inspired the varnish in the carburetor to yeah. dissolve. Right. Uh, I think I'm, I'm hoping what, by whatever mechanism it was, it ended up starting, and I was uh, I was much relieved. Did you put the fuel stable in there? This I did. Fall? Yes, I did. I've got full tanks and fuel stabilizer, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, that poor KLR uh, just uh, runs hard sometimes. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I had a I used to have a Honda NX250, and for no reason at all, it wouldn't start. And if you just like checked your email or did something and came back to it in a minute, it it light right up, and it just I could never tell what was going on, but apparently it was a solenoid issue. Uh, oh, gotcha. Okay. So, did you end up uh, replacing? The no, solenoid? I ended up selling it to somebody else so they oh. could they could replace it. <laughs> <laughs> make it their problem <laughs> i know i well i'll tell you i think about that for the klr sometimes i'm like maybe i should just sell this bike well yeah because you've got a lot in the garage now don't you 
Well, I've got the FZ1 for the street riding and the track riding, and then the the uh, T700 is for my husband. Which it, you know the the KLR. So I've got the KLR for the off road. I I think it'll be interesting with him now having one bike and me having two. Then the question will be, you know, what are we going going to get into when we go out on a ride? Because if I'm on the, if I'm on the FZ and you know he wants to turn off onto a you know, a, a dirt road, I'm, I'm not going to be prepared. And so, um, you know, then do I just end up riding the KLR more just in case we encounter some, some area we want to go exploring, even though that maybe wasn't what we planned on when we set out. So I think uh, we might be in some situations where trip planning and, and even just casual rides get a, a little bit more complicated in the decision-making process for me. <laughs> yeah, or the FC1 just gets left behind. Oh, that made, breaks my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can do that. <laughs> well, I don't have a current moto snow story, but since uh, Snoqualmie Pass has been getting open and closed all day long for the last week, I do have a, a story where I was coming home from Idaho in February one day on my Honda PC800, also known as the Queen of Tupperware. <laughs> And as I came out of Cleelum, uh, it was apparent that there was going to be some snowfall ahead. Sure. Yikes. So I very ridiculously just continued on I-90 westbound. Wow. And brave. I had heated clothing, so that was a good thing, but... Um, there was enough snow that what I did was tucked in behind a semi trailer so I could ride in his track. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. If you can get a nice spot where you you can get a a little bit of more access to the pavement. <laughs> and then I saw the off ramp for the summit, and I thought maybe I should, maybe I should take that. Sure. And I didn't because <laughs> I thought you know what's going to happen when I get onto that? I'm going to slip and slide around and fall down. Oh sure. But if I just hang on, when I get over the other side and I start to come down on the the North Bend side of the Cascades, I I may luck out and the warmer air, there won't be snow. Sarah, you'll just hit the rain. And that's how it worked out. Wow. But what time? Uh, so this was all during daylight hours. It was, yeah, it was in the yep. afternoon on the way home. So it was probably like 2 or 3 in the afternoon. But I had to pull out eventually – and do the best I could to massage my shoulders because they were so tense from oh, sure. from it's trying nice. to make sure that I was, you know, <laughs> going to stay upright. Yeah, that would be a difficult time to relax. So that's my moto snow story. We did uh, one year. We were speaking of uh, Snoqualmie Pass area. We were out hiking and uh, or headed out to the little side trailhead to do a hike a winter hike and uh we did encounter now the roads were clear but the parking lots i think you know we had done this after um you know after there had been some snow coming through so the parking lots were still a mess and so we got to the trailhead parking lot just in time to to see a guy pulling out on a dirt bike and about a foot of snow and he was just sliding all around so did you did you climb up little Sai in the snow we did yeah wow I bet I, you didn't was, feel too good after that. 
<laughs> it was a long time ago, so I don't remember it being. Uh, I don't remember it being a problem back then. Um, I, I, you know, there's two because you can go either way on that hike in terms of whether or not you're doing the steeper part as the uphill or the downhill. And I'm pretty sure we picked the uphill direction being the steeper. I'd much rather deal with steep on an uphill rather than a, uh, on a decline. And so we ended up, it worked out okay. I think we'd been trying really hard to snowshoe and everywhere we had gone had had, uh, you know, not enough snow or uh, we just ended up not needing them. And so I think we headed that way because we were pretty sure we'd need the snowshoes. And, you know, after you get those things, you want to use them. So you've been, you've been dealing with broken pipes at the house and, and uh, whatever, but, but have you had any time to think about what you're going to do this coming year? I, I well, just to clarify, no, nothing burst. Thank goodness, we had That's just good. enough heat to. Keep, yeah, I know we we're really lucky, but so you uh, just had some yeah. pipes that wouldn't wouldn't move any water out of them, huh? Right. Yep, they were just okay. frozen for a while, and now uh, we ended up. I moved. I didn't realize we had a you know a crawl space. It's not a place I hang out, but um, it turns out I I got under there to see what was going on, and and uh, those pipes aren't insulated at all, and so just managed <laughs> to get a little heater in there. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as far as, you know, trips for the coming year, I, you know, I've got a couple ideas. Um, I, uh, no set plans yet. So nothing, you know, nothing on the calendar, but I, I think for sure what I foresee happening um, is, especially with my husband getting acquainted with the T700 is that we'll probably do a bunch of day trips or overnight camping uh, for the weekends uh, up in the Olympic mountains, uh, just exploring the fire roads there and giving him time to um, break in that bike and get used to it. That's a good place um, to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for us, I, you know, we can be in the mountains in a little over an hour, hour and a half. And so it's, it's a really easy, fun, um, you know, and we get to go along the hood canal to get there. It's just beautiful riding. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I can see us doing that. And then, you know, for, for longer trips, um, and it, you know, it'll depend on timing and, and, uh, when we can both coordinate getting time off, but I, we've had our sights on Eastern Oregon for a long time. And oh, so if, yeah. we, if we can, yeah, if we can get a good chunk of time, I think we'd head out that way. Um, you know, we're always happy to spend time in the Columbia River Gorge. Um, and then we might, uh, do some more exploring on the Washington backcountry discovery route. And then if we get really, you know, if we get really adventurous, then, uh, you know, especially now with the rally in the gorge not happening, uh, you know, that kind of clears the calendar to potentially head down to the Bonneville Salt Flats. So if we get really ambitious, we might try to work that in this year. Yeah, good, good. How about you? You got uh, your ride plans starting to map out for uh, 2022? Uh I guess I, I guess what I'll end up doing is probably hit a couple of the local rallies. Um, I, I know they're going to do like a uh, – this, this will be officially the first time they're going to do the uh, Washington State BMW Riders Rally out near Leavenworth. Oh, okay. So I might want to hit that. Um might want to go down and do the, the Chief Joseph Rally. Okay, very cool. What time, is that one in August, or does that happen at a different time? That happens in like uh, when is it? in June. June. Okay, I think you know we've always been busy in June with the the Tour Tech Rally and the the uh, Overland Rally, and then some other years there's something else that happens in June. Sometimes I feel like June gets really jammed up. I would like to take a week and go out on the road and just camp. That's mm-hmm. what I'd like to do. Uh, I just have to find a way to squeeze it in between all the walking. 
Right. Sure. So, hey, on that BMW rally, do you know, are they running that one specifically just for the BMW bikes? Because they did, you know, oh, um, anybody can go. Anybody can go. Okay. They'll take we your did, money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, we figured that year they, they opened it up in uh, Republic, uh, I don't know, three, four years ago to, you know, other bike models. And, uh, you know, we thought, well, we'll really test their their uh, willingness to invite other bikes by bringing our KLRs. Yeah, the only, only time I ever went, I took a Honda, so... Oh, nice. They yeah, they, they were get. great. It, yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of fun out there and, and uh, yeah, we felt welcomed and, and included. <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody gave our KLRs any more heck than we give them ourselves. So, uh, yeah, we had a great time. But they so, made you camp over in the KLR section, <laughs> right? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, yeah. Actually, we, well, we ended up, uh, uh, I don't know if I should share this or not, but we ended up camping by a, a little stream which came in handy because uh, we had gotten onto a ride that was supposed to be uh, you know kind of intermediate and ended up being pretty technical and challenging and and uh, you know my head had an encounter with some rocks at one now I had my helmet on of course but I did end up that that evening sticking my head in the icy cold <laughs> river <laughs> oh I know that little stream at the fairground yep. there right yep yeah. yes it, yes we camped super, yep Yep, my, my head got uh, iced in that thing a few times that evening. Mm. How about uh, moto resolutions for 2022? So I don't really do resolutions so much, um, but I do have a pretty good to-do list. It's a, a mix of both, uh, you know, mechanical stuff and then, uh, you know, some uh, kind of more ride experience sort of things and, and training oriented, but... Um, you know, I'm due for a service interval on my FZ1, and, and I think I'm due for new tires. What is it? Every five years, you're supposed to replace them, even if they're, <laughs> you know, the tread. Is that the deal? That even if the tread's not that? I think they're five years old. I got to I gotta look into that, but might be ready for some new tires yeah, on if that. if they're five years old, I'd probably swap them out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then on the you know how to the, read the date yeah. code on your tire, right? I do. Yeah, I'm pretty. I I'm pretty sure I got them in 2017. Um, I'm pretty certain about that. So so they're they're up. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> uh, and then on the KLR, I you know I think this this year I I really need to uh, make some improvements on the suspension. And I I think you know just replacing the fork oil will probably make it seem like a new bike but if that doesn't do the trick then you know maybe look into some kind of drop-in cartridge or some other solution yeah there's all kinds of stuff for klrs out there on the market yeah and i you know they're they're anything will <laughs> will be noticeable <laughs> at this point in terms of suspension improvements on that see and, and on my scooter i don't have a lot of options so i'm kind of stuck with my 20 year old suspension now mm -hmm. i'd yeah, really which, like to to do something with it but i can't seem to find mm -hmm. anything that's available on the market so oh interesting yeah with the potholes and <laughs> all yeah. that you probably really need need uh, something something to help you out yeah. Um, and then you, you know, we had talked about this a couple episodes back, but the, you know, kind of customizing a, a toolkit for each bike. And I sort of did that with the FZ1 at one point. Um, but I, I need, you know, over the years, as you, you know, kind of take things out or use them and maybe don't put them back where they belong. <laughs> so I think, you know, kind of checking those toolkits and making sure they're that the right things are in them for the right bike and, and that those are, um, you know, I've got everything I need, I think is, is something I, I should. <laughs> well, you've been <laughs> rearranging do. your garage recently, right? Yeah, trying. So you're probably I, finding I, yeah. all kinds of goodies that you thought were gone forever. 
Right. And the other thing I thought was, well, I, I've stolen stuff out of the motorcycle kits because I can't find, you know, I can't find find it in a toolbox. And so, you know, I thought I was going to have to shut our water off. And so I was looking for, a, a you know, some pliers and I ended up, apparently we like wrenches more than pliers. So, so you found a pipe a- wrench wrapped up in a tool roll on the KLR? <laughs> no, well, I, you know, the, what are the... Um, <laughs> What are the ones where they you you they're the uh, channel you, locks? You, yeah, yes, those. I found. I <laughs> grabbed those out. I was like, "Oh, at least I got something." <laughs> I'll hit the motorcycle tool bag if nothing else, and find what I need there. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, and then in terms of the um, you know the kind of the experience side of the the twenty twenty two to do list. Um, you know, I'd really love to to get a test ride or a demo ride on an electric motorcycle because I've not ever ridden one. And remind me, you've have you ridden electric motorcycles? I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it. You know, it's got to be a pretty surreal experience just from the sound aspect and the you know the not shifting. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to uh, check check out one of the electric motorcycles or try a few of them out. Well, you could probably uh, do that up at uh, Northwest Moto on Aurora. Okay. They probably right. have a couple zeros that they use for demos. I don't know for sure, but. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting to figure out, um, you know, where I can find. And uh, aren't there, isn't there a, a dealer down in Portland? Well, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I don't have my directory in front of me right here. I know I, I did do an upgrade on the dealer directory a few months ago. I'm not sure where the zeros are being sold down that way. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. So that got my homework for me for uh, 2022. And then, you know, I thought it'd be fun to um, volunteer with uh, uh, Washington Motorcycle Road Racing Association or the Oregon Motorcycle Road Racing Association. And uh, my friend Brandon, shout out to Brandon. He said that, you know, they they definitely need volunteers and um, are always uh, eager to uh, get folks coming in to help. So um, I've I've talked about that for a while and haven't gotten around to it. So I think especially, uh, I think the season opens up in May at the Ridge. Yeah, um, you're not too far from the Ridge, so that would be an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's super fun, and I love that track, and I think it, it'd be a, a great time to hang out. Yeah. Um, yeah, we also want to refresh the, the Dirt First training. Uh, you know, I didn't do much off-road riding this year or last year, and, uh, you know, especially with uh, events getting canceled and kind of, you know, the circle of acquaintances shrinking and um, you know, we ended up doing more camping with family and, you know, family members that don't ride motorcycles. And so we ended up doing more car camping. And so I'd, I'd love to refresh my, uh, my off-road skills yeah. <laughs> for sure. I haven't used them. They're, they're, uh, they're definitely, uh, they've definitely gotten rusty. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, I signed up for that, uh, Yamaha online training program, third champs you, and, uh, I, I did a couple of those modules and then haven't touched it since. So that's on my 2022 list too. So it's kind of a long list, but I think it's all doable. How about you? Do you do resolutions or to-do lists for 2022? Well, I just have one. It's a simple one. I think it's just, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time the last three months working on the calendar for 2022. And mm-hmm. so my resolution would be to try to do one of the events on the calendar every month. Fun. Yeah. Fairly that's simple. A, yeah. That's a, a resolution that uh, we can share with all of the motorcycling community. Encourage everybody to check out that calendar and, and get out and, uh, you know, join join the community at one of these events. Yep. Check out our calendar. If you don't see something that you know about, submit it and we'll get it plugged in there. 
Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the calendar later on in the show, and there's some great stuff coming up this year. So definitely a better year than uh, than the last two. No kidding. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll just hope that things keep getting better and better. Indeed. So, all right, well, let's take a little break. When we come back, we've got some news bites and we've got some calendar to talk about. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by I 90 Motorsports, your east side destination for Honda, Yamaha, Triumph, KTM, Suzuki, and Can Am sales and service. Does your taste for outdoor fun go beyond two wheels? I 90 Motorsports has you covered with a wide range of sleds, watercraft, UTVs, and side by sides, too. Check them out online today at i90motorsports.com. Hi, Al Brooks here uh, from Surrey, B.C. Um, lovely day here in British Columbia. Not to tell all the people that live elsewhere about that, but uh, one of my favorite riding places is Central Oregon, John Day area. I go there usually once a year, twice a year, and ride all around the roads there. Lots of curvy roads for uh, road, road guys and lots of gravel roads for adventure touring guys. And beautiful scenery. Hi, this is Chris Page from the Oregon Motorcycle Road Racing Association, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Back on the Soundwriter Show, Tom Barron, the publisher, here with you, and we've got Jennifer Poole. Hey, hey. Across the water. <laughs> so, uh, we got some news bites. Things are happening. First one came from you. Go ahead and tell us about Moto America. Yeah, so Moto America announced Moto America TV, and they've got, uh, they're going to offer free content that dates back to 2015. And then they will have select live coverage during the 2022 season. So if you're interested in that, you can go to MotoAmerica.tv and then figure out all the logistics from there in terms of what kind of other technology support you need for that. Yeah, I would guess um, that that'll come up as an app in something like Roku or on your sure. Samsung smart TV or whatever. Whatever, yeah. The, you know, you can also pay for the, you know, the, the series if you want to see all of the races, you know, during the season as they're happening. Happening. Uh, so that's paid, but you know, if, if you don't want to pay, you can at least see some of that for free and get some of the older. Or we'll races, just go over so. to your house and watch it for free. Right? Exactly. There you go. Have a party. <laughs> I'm all for it. So uh, I've used modulating headlights for oh 20 years, and now we see an article come up in Rider Digital about some driver. Yeah. There, there was a story in there, or an article in there, and uh, it, you know, uh, it mentioned it wasn't about this specifically. So this was just one, you know, kind of segment of the article, but it really caught my attention. And the the story was that, um, you know, a rider was involved in a crash and survived, fortunately, and but then was able to talk to the driver of the pickup truck. And said, hey, you know, why did you turn in front of me or why did, you know, whatever happened there? And, and the driver said, well, I, I thought you flashed your high beams. And so I thought you were giving me the go ahead, you know. And so 
Um, I, you know, I don't see modulating headlights around very much. I wasn't even sure if that was legal in the state of Washington, but I have seen them out and about. And it never occurred to me that somebody could, you know, in a split second or two, misinterpret that as somebody flashing their lights and giving them the go ahead. And so, so now you have this thing that you thought was going to increase your safety and it could potentially, um, you know, result in a scenario that is the opposite of what you intend. And I, I thought that was a pretty alarming, uh, you know, shift in terms of, you know, how we, how we think of those modulating headlights. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they are legal in the state of Washington. They have been the whole time. Uh, the, the modulating taillights are also legal in the state of Washington as long as they don't do a consistent flashing uh, pattern. Got it. Okay. Yeah. You know, I ended up putting uh, one of those frames on the light frames on the, um, on my KLRs because the, you know, the, the tail or the brake lights weren't very bright on that. And, and I didn't do it actually when it, the, whoever I bought it from had done it. But uh, anyway, you know, it gives some extra flashing and, and LEDs for, for when you stop, which I think is, uh, you know, particularly on the older bikes that, that have the duller lights. I think those are super helpful. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm going to keep using my modulated headlight. Yeah, I wonder, too, if maybe, you know, if that one in particular, if there's a a, a danger, an increased danger, if it's not set right, if it's pointed too high, you know, maybe if uh, that contributed as well. I don't know, you know, how that might have played into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, the, visually. Well, the Keyson ones, and I don't know who else makes them now, but the Keyson ones run off of your high beam. Oh, okay. So okay. all you do is turn your high beam on, and and it's not like a, a definitive, you know, high low, high low, high low. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a, like a high low, high low. You know, mm-hmm. it's got a really nice tune to it. <laughs> <laughs> Goes a little something like this. <laughs> so we got a Dakar rally coming up in Saudi Arabia this year. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so that starts on January 2nd, and it runs through the 14th. And from what I could tell so far, they might have some coverage of that on NBC Sports. Um, And then beyond that, I'm sure eventually some, you know, some of those videos and footage will come out on YouTube. And uh, so uh, if you're you're looking for something to uh, to if you're scrolling through the NBC Sports channel, uh, you might watch out for some uh, Dakar rally coverage. I would think they'd at least have some of the highlights each day too. So, I so, think that Red um, Bull typically does highlights each day at the end of each day. Oh, cool! Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, yeah, so check that out. I did notice too. There's a, a Dakar rally video game coming out in 2022, and you can watch a little video sample of it. And of course, you know, the gaming graphics are <laughs> pretty, pretty impressive. But the thing I noticed, uh, uh, you know, when, when you're, you know, when you're riding off road and you're dealing with gravity and speed, <laughs> the, um, you know, the, the points of contact with the ground tend to be a lot more sharp and dramatic than what was portrayed in the video game. And the, you know, in the video game, when the vehicles came, you know, got airborne and came crashing back down, it was a nice soft landing. And I thought, Oh, if only people experienced that in real life. <laughs> and so I wonder I if you get to pick what country you're going to race in on that particular segment that you're going to play. It's, it's, what they've done to car in Africa, Saudi Arabia, South America, where else? Well, in this, uh, I did see in the article that they're only doing the Saudi Arabia routes. I think they're mimicking the routes of the past 
couple years and they don't have those other countries or locations uh, programmed into the game. And, it, you know, one of the challenges with that, it, you know, if they were going to, I guess there may be enough footage out there, but, you know, some of those uh, routes and things, you know, aren't available <laughs> anymore. You know, if they went to get footage or, or, you know, try to recreate those, it might be extra challenging, but maybe down the road, you know, if the game's successful, uh, maybe they will bring in some of those older classic routes. Yeah. Well, we'll just see. Um, and then the uh, the Fonzie bike from Happy Days. Yeah, the Fonz bike. Uh, so the 1949 Triumph Trophy 500 uh, sold at auction on December 8th. And I'm going to, there's, there were several bikes in that uh, TV series. And I think that was the only one that didn't get stolen or parted out. Um, I think the I think there were two of them that got stolen. So uh, this anyway, this bike was uh, uh, put up for auction. I'm going to let you guess how much do you think it went for? Uh, let's see the Fonz bike. Uh, I, I, I can't have gone for more than like twenty five thousand. Oh gosh, you know uh, six digits, buddy. Six digits, <laughs> you're, you're, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're way low. <laughs> wow, I didn't know there was a market like that for Happy Days stuff. Uh, so a uh, six digit and, uh, I'm in for one twenty five. Do you want to keep guessing? It's higher. Nope. You go ahead and tell us what it okay. is. <laughs> All right. So almost a quarter million. It went for uh 231,000 and, and some change, maybe five sixty two or something like that. So 231,000, uh, was the auction price. And then, you know, the, then the big question is, you know, if, if you bought that bike, is it just a collector item or are you going to ride it? <laughs> I don't think I'd ride it. <laughs> uh, is he going to give all that money to charity? You know, I didn't see. I don't know who bought that or or what the. I didn't see if that was a charity auction or or not. I didn't catch that part of it. Well, I guess it was. Who was the guy that played the Fonz? What was his name? Oh, uh, Henry Winkler. Yeah, Henry Winkler. Guy, but it yeah. wasn't really his bike, was it? it was no, it wasn't his bike. bike. Right. I'm not sure who had possession of that, that, that put it up for auction or, or who got the financial gain there. If there was a charity component involved, I should have, I should have yeah. dug that up, but I didn't, uh, didn't come across those chunks of information. So speaking of other guesses of pricing, Buell has announced the pricing for the hammerhead. Yeah. And, and you ham- know yep. what the pricing is. I do. Yep, I another, right. But it's not 231,000. I can tell you that. It's 230,000. <laughs> It's a little lower, a little closer to your first guess on the Fonz bike. <laughs> so I'm going to guess it's it's probably about thirty grand. Ooh, no, it's coming in at uh, eighteen nine ninety five. Oh, okay. So that's the Hammerhead eleven ninety sport bike, and I think they're taking <laughs> orders now, and it'll go into production. I think uh, later this year. And is it like the other Buells where you get a really good look at your elbows in the rearview mirror? <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I remember sitting on Buell's and seeing that and going, what were they thinking? You know, I, I had a little bit of uh, trouble. Gosh, I'm always adjusting the FC1 mirrors. It, it's a challenge. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you really do get a good look at your elbows. And the Buell uh, factory will be in Michigan, and they are hiring. So Yeah, if you like the snow, if you've learned from these past few days that you love snow and you want a, a job in the motorsports industry, um, head out to, you know, relocate to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and, and go to work at the Buell factory. 
Uh, they've got all, you know, technicians, sales, engineers, specialists, warehouse, office support. They've got, I guess, over the next six months, they'll be hiring. So if you're, you know, if you're looking to make a, a move to places that have more of this snow for longer, <laughs> head on over to Michigan. Hmm. And if you like snow, but you're just not sure you want to go to Michigan, you could um, probably watch the video about the Royal Enfield Himalayan that went to the South Pole. Yeah, there's going to be a mini documentary coming out, uh, so stay tuned for that. But there were two riders, uh, Kumar and Coxon, who rode 1,988 miles over 15 days with only slight modifications on their Royal Enfield Himalayans. So how about that? Well, All the if way down they were on the... Himalayans, they were going the wrong direction. If they were going <laughs> right, the yeah. yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's uh, more trips uh, planned, maybe going in the other direction. But apparently all they did to these bikes was uh, upgrade the, the alternators, uh, change out a sprocket to give them some more uh, torque, uh, sealed up the electronics and uh, studded the tires and, you know, maybe a few other minor modifications. But, uh, yeah, they were they really put these bikes to the test and uh, hopefully we'll get to see some uh, fun uh, mini documentary coming out about that and and they probably don't salt the road to the south pole <laughs> yeah. yeah well that you know they did it wasn't a, a more or less uh you know established route an ice route so you know they weren't uh, just trudging through uh, you know no man i guess it's still no man's land but they weren't uh uh, trudging through with no uh, no kind of uh, quote unquote road, <laughs> they had a a sort of a road <laughs> to follow. So several years ago, Derek and I did a interview with uh, our friend Lee Stewart, but his name was Liam on that interview, and it was for an April show. And uh, Liam Stewart shared with us his circumnavigation of the South Pole. Oh wow! So see now people are listening to our show and just trying to copper cat us, and I I just. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh man the cold weather riding is definitely not for me so hats off to to anybody that uh, is willing to uh to go to those extremes so uh harley davidson has announced that they're going to spin off the electric motorcycle division and it will be done by way of what is termed a spac which is an investment company that will go out and raise funds to put them onto the stock market as a separate ticker. Interesting. Uh, I thought, oh, this was kind of interesting. Kind of sounds like somebody's social media startup that's happening coming in January as well. But um, interesting how people will find ways to raise funds to keep something going. So it turns out... Um, Harley-Davidson only sold about 350 Livewire motorcycles last year. Interesting. That's that, not that very many. really get you in business for long. Right. So next step to funding is what's going on now. Um, the other thing that we found out is that they're going to partner with Kimco. Okay. Kimco makes, you know, they're a Korean company that makes uh, scooters. Scooters, yep. Uh, I know they have one electric scooter in their lineup, which we can't even get in the United States. But um, it seemed kind of odd. It, it, it kind of sounds to me like they're yeah, – if we when we do this show in a couple of years, I think we'll be talking about that that division being gone for good. Well, I don't know. You think? But, 
Do you think they're uh, partly doing that too to take advantage of the Kimco audience um, and market? It, you know, is is that crowd more likely to evolve to an electric motorcycle, or do you I, think that's part of the equation? I don't think so because the Kimco crowd typically likes to buy you know budget line product. And mm-hmm. uh, right now with a live wire, what is it, 20 grand, 25 grand? I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's not that, – it's not in the budget line. I know that. Sure, so, sure. And it, might, it might be a way for them to move the manufacturing away from their normal places and have sure. them go do the yep. manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Yep, and get a different supply chain and different labor force and different, uh, you know, factories and – Tooling and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And 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 that's you know, that's something that Kimco does well. I mean they're 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 scoots. They they're got a nice fit and finish on them. I've ridden them, they're mm-hmm. they're decent. Mm-hmm. And sure. uh well I believe it was Kimco who actually did the motor development for all of the Suzuki twins, like the V Strom. Oh interesting. And the S Vs. Mm-hmm. So there, there's more behind them than just inexpensive scooters. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. came, came across an article in the online publication called Motorious talking about is cancel culture coming for Indian? Yeah, you know, I looked at that. It looked, um, it didn't seem to have a lot of teeth to it. Um, from what I could tell, I, you know, I mean, it referenced a, a lawsuit from a, a ways back and, I, you know, I guess that's a to be determined sort of thing. But, you know, if I were going to look to, um, you know, whether or not Indian was going to change their brand name or their logo based on, you know, a cultural movement, then I, you know, I'd, I'd probably first look to the trends that are happening in some of the bigger industries like the professional sports. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine that Indian motorcycle is going to, um, you know, take a big leap and, and change their name. Yeah. Unless, yeah. you know, unless, unless that's a direction that, that has a lot of momentum behind it in, in other parts of the, um, you know, in, in the world where, um, there's larger, larger people impacted necessarily. I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, in terms of like who's, you know, who the stakeholders are that are getting involved because, uh, you know, truly, uh, you know, are you going to find that every member of every tribal nation feels the same way <laughs> about, you know. Yeah. And that's that what he was saying in the article and, yeah. is that everybody mm-hmm. has a different opinion and it, it isn't, mm-hmm. this isn't like a movement coming from within the native American people. So I, I think it'll just sort of go away and we won't hear about it. So, yeah. It, yeah. I think, uh, you know, unless, it, you know, Indian uh, motorcycles was, uh, you know, launching a, a, marketing campaign to, to change their brand and logo. Um, hey, I, I was thinking know. if they did have to change their name, don't you think Victory might be a really good name? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, all right. Last one on our list is a tool company called PB Swiss. They do a lot of hand tools. Uh, they're releasing a line of, of screwdrivers and other hand tools that are 
with vanilla scented hand grips. Yeah, do they say why? Because that sounds kind of gross to me, quite frankly. They, they said because <laughs> when you're working in the garage, everything smells like oil and all this sure. sort of thing. So they want to kind of spark it up a little bit. But, you know, there's, there's a couple bad things about that. Have you ever mixed together vanilla and motor oil? Because it just doesn't smell good. Well, no that's the thing what. then. Now you're going to have this association, you know, every time you smell vanilla, are you going to associate that in your mind with, you know, um, motor oil <laughs> and some of those, you know, is that going to bring the association of, of some of those unpleasant odors into, a, you know, a, a head space where you normally have uh, associated with, yeah, I don't the, know, you know, second- which one wins out, you know, do you get the happy happy cookie feeling in the garage or do you get the garage feeling when you're in the you know the ice cream shop you know getting your vanilla ice cream or whatever well the the second issue with it is is that vanilla is a uh it's used as a, a sort of a sedative in uh uh you know scenting it's oh, sort of, it's sort of right. supposed to it's, – it's, it's like lavender. In fact, you can mm-hmm. find vanilla lavender type oils that you can use to go to bed with. Sure. So, uh, you know, when, when you, if you get that, those vanilla hand grip screwdrivers and you start mm-hmm. working on the bike and all of a sudden mm-hmm. taking you know, a your nap. better half comes out in the garage and you're taking a <laughs> nap, that's not good. <laughs> That would be some pretty amazingly relaxing vanilla. It's just got everybody taking naps on their garage floor. <laughs> but you can stimulate you can simulate this at home, uh, you know, really quick. You just go over to the drugstore and they have all the scented oils there, and you sure. buy your little bottle of vanilla and you start shaking it around on your tools and places <laughs> in your garage. See how you like it. Get it, you know, gotta, oh, gotta try it before you buy it. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, uh, I wish them luck, and uh, maybe there's, uh, you know, there there probably are some people that are going to appreciate having some a, a better scent in their garage than than what they're currently dealing with. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen, I thought we were going to do the calendar right now, but we're kind of out of time, so I'm going to uh, we're going to take a little break. When we pop back in, we'll jump into the calendar, and then we'll jump over to uh, our banter. Sounds good. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Rock Straps. Tired of bungee cords that fray and break? You need to up your game with the number one tie-down among riders. Rock Straps make it easy to get the right fit, no matter how large or small the load you're securing. Order a pair today from the Soundwriter store at store.soundwriter.com. Hi, I'm Jim from Seattle. My primary bike is a Triumph Explorer 1200. My favorite riding is in northern British Columbia. This is Jose Mateu with Skagit Power Sports, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Welcome back to the Sound Rider Show. Let's uh, talk about the calendar. So, uh, calendar's really short this month. We're going to kind of breeze through it, and then we'll go over to our banter highlights. Um, 
Wednesday and Thursday, January 5th and 6th, the Triumph Sneak Peek Tour will be at South Sound Motorsports. And considering all the snow, I don't think you're going to be getting any demo rides. Yeah, probably not. Then the truck will roll up to Seattle on the 7th, Friday, and you'll be able to see all these new Triumph models in Seattle Friday. Um, Saturday the 8th, the 15th, and the 22nd, we got Northwest Arena Cross at the Evergreen State Fairgrounds. Fun. It's up in Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also some flat track racing that's going to be happening. I think that's going to be on the Sundays. I don't have the the dates on those, sorry to say. But uh, we do have the link out to where there's more information from our calendar. Yeah, check it out. <coughs> if you want to... Uh, Go through the airport and cross your fingers and hope your flight doesn't get canceled. You can make your way down to the AIM Expo in Las Vegas. That will be happening Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, January 19th through the 21st. And just a reminder, there is no BC Motorcycle Show this year. Originally was scheduled for the 21st through the 23rd, but due to the pandemic and shortage of vehicles – there won't be a show. So that's what we know about the calendar for this month. Uh, we add things to the calendar all the time, and there's other things on there that I didn't mention. So just hit the soundwriter.com, click on the calendar, and you'll see everything that's going on. Yeah, and if you know about events, then uh, be sure to submit those, and we'll get them on the calendar too. Absolutely. Um Okay, so we're going to banter today a little bit about 2022 event highlights. You and I talked about our ride plans and resolutions for 2022. So let's just kind of go through some of the highlights um, month by month that are going to be happening. Sounds good. Uh, January, we already talked about the Triumph Sneak Peek Tour and the AIM Expo. February... Uh, I'm not. Oh, Trev Dealey. So this will be up in BC. Uh, they are running right now what is called a Writer's Choice exhibit. So what do you if, know? What is that? It's uh, it's a collection of motorcycles in their collection. I'm not sure why it's the Writer's Choice, but somebody chose those bikes. <laughs> and uh, Trev Dealey always has a nice collection of bikes. I, I don't know where the warehouse is, but it must be just loaded with all kinds of goodies. So these are like customs and vintage and specialty? Yeah, kind of customs, vintage. Yeah. I've seen a, a Daimler in there Ooh, before. Nice. Cool. So they got a lot of cool stuff in the collection. Obviously, because it's Trev Dealey, they have a lot of Harleys. Mm-hmm. So, so that's something to do for February. Uh, for March, the Cafe to Cafe Grand Tour begins, and that'll be our uh, our listing of 15 cafes around the Pacific Northwest. You go and hit them at, at your leisure, and if you hit all 15, we give you a nice little plaque to hang up and let everybody know you're you're a badass. <laughs> now, how are you coming along on that? You've got all your destinations all picked out, or you still got a few to fill in? Uh, I haven't actually looked at it yet. That'll happen next. <laughs> that'll happen in the next few weeks. But I sure. always have more than I need. Nice. You know, as we as we cruise around and do our trips to the Pacific Northwest throughout the year, we're always adding in more and more and more. So there's always a kind of a backlog. 
Nice. The, the sad thing is if you get one in the backlog and you find mm-hmm. out they went out of business. Right. That's not right. Fun. Yeah, that's tough. So currently still scheduled for March is going to be the Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show, which is about the only motorcycle show left to happen up in the Pacific Northwest since the BC show is not happening. And that one's in Spokane, is that right? Spokane, out at the fairgrounds there. Yep, I've been to that. It's a little bit obviously smaller than the, you know, when the IMS used to come to Seattle, but uh, still a respectable showing. It was uh, two rooms of a, or two big sections of a warehouse, so plenty Mm -hmm. to see, and they had uh, stunt stunt riders doing shows outside. Yep, and they, uh, most of the bikes that they have, they come in by way of the dealers, so they're not reliant on a, a truck coming in from the manufacturer. Right. So that works out. So even if, you know, like there's bad snow between here and there or whatever, uh, they're not waiting for semis to get over a pass somewhere. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Check it out. And they're, they're you know, they had plenty of other vendors to uh, selling moto related products and showcasing other, you know, heated gear and custom earplugs and all that kind of stuff. Hair braids. Yep. Yeah. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. Um. And then uh, in March is the Tokyo Motorcycle Show. And even though you probably don't plan to go to Tokyo, this is one of those ones you want to be watching out for highlights on YouTube in the evenings as it's running. So we have the dates and the calendar on that. Uh, Because there now and then there's a a couple of good announcements about bikes that we hadn't planned on or they've been keeping secret or whatever. Fun. Uh, also in March, this usually happens right at the end of the month. I don't have the date in front of me. It'll be the Supercross in Seattle. It's on the calendar for this year. So we'll just uh, we'll see how you – know, we're doing all these other sporting events, so I don't see why they wouldn't do Supercross in Seattle this year. Right, right. Uh, always the first week of April, the Desert 100. Oh, look at that. I did a typo. It says the Desert 100. <laughs> the Desert <Yummy>. 100. <laughs> You know, I love to mix that almond oil with the two-stroke oil. There you go. And we'll make no. a nice little little frozen yogurt surprise there. Oh, don't forget to add the vanilla. <laughs> uh, the One Motorcycle Show is scheduled to be happening down in Portland during the month of April. I have not been to that. Have you? I have not because, you know, it always came right after, wasn't it, in January or February, usually early February, and it was uh, usually right after we'd get back from the uh, Portland Motorcycle Film Festival and we couldn't uh, cram in two trips in a short uh, period of time. So the timing didn't work out, but uh, maybe this year it will. They should do them together. That's what they should do. I know. I, you know, I mean, the thing is, too, with remote work, uh, well, I don't know if my husband will be able to do that, but, it, you know, I have a little bit more flexibility than he does. So, you know, we could <laughs> park ourselves down in, in uh, you know, closer to Portland for a while. But, um, yeah, it'd be fun to get down there for that. I, I, they always have a good time down there for, for the one motorcycle show. And oddly, not a whole lot of highlights for the month of May. So. No, but you know, um, I, I mentioned that earlier, the uh, the Washington Motorcycle Road Racing and the Oregon Motorcycle Road Racing season kicks off on May 6th, 7th, and 8th oh, okay. at, the, at the Ridge. So if you're looking for something to do in May, um, you, that, that race season starts. Uh, so you can go volunteer or go watch. So that reminds me to get all those dates into the calendar because I don't think I have them in there yet. Okay, yeah, they, they do have those. Uh, yep, they do have those listed on the WAMRA site now. Okay. 
Uh, June, we talked about this earlier. There's the Chief Joseph Rally that's held down in John Day, Oregon. Um, and I'll tell you, even though it's June, bring mm-hmm. your rain gear. I have never been to that rally, and it hasn't rained at some point during the rally. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we can check that one out this year. We've got Eastern Oregon on the list. So, <laughs> and you were talking about um, falling down on your motorcycle, getting getting into some kind of hairy stuff on that BMW rally several years ago. Yep. And yeah. so if you if you need a reason to fall down on your motorcycle, you want to go to the Dirty Face Enduro. Okay. That's big big sharp rocks on a steep uh, decline. Plenty, sign, plenty. Sign me up. <laughs> plenty of them. Uh, My that's favorite. All. <laughs> uh, June is also when Moto America comes to the ridge. And uh, for the dual sport people who survived the Dirty Face – there will be the Tour Tech Rally in June as well. Yep, always a good time. I think those are running at that Moto America at the Ridge, and then the, the, the Tour Tech Rally are, are going to be the same weekend, so you'll have to pick which, they are. which yeah. you'd rather do. Yep. Yep, or you could do like one and go. Don't they do day passes on the Tour Tech? I thought they were doing that. Now. They do, yep, and, and also Moto America. So, you know, if you okay, didn't mind, so you do a day pass weekend. here and a day pass there. Sure. There you go. Best of both worlds and a lot of driving. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's on your motorcycle, so don't exactly. worry about it. Right. The scenery is great. Uh, let's see. Sorry, making a note. Um, July. We did a brief introduction on this. The Washington State BMW Rally will be happening in July. Uh, if you're into hill climbs... Um, the big nasty will be going on in Idaho. Fun. So, and I kind of like watching hill climbs. I would love to see that in person. I've only, uh, I've only seen the videos. Except, you know, like the best seat is to go halfway up the hill. But right. you need to stay like 100, 200 feet away because right. <laughs> sometimes they get a little right. bit out of control. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I watch some of those uh, rally races sometimes. And I'm like, boy, oh, boy, you're standing awfully close to the road. Yeah. Uh, let's see, in August, um, sort of tentative right now, but I don't see why it wouldn't happen, the Monkey Butt 300. Which, uh, what, what did it Tell us more about that. Or so this is a 300-mile ride from Skagit Power Sports over to Winthrop. And there's a barbecued lunch at the end of Fun. the ride. All right, cool. Uh, the Dream Roll, which is ladies only out in the Port Angeles area, will be going on in August. Have you been to that before? No, don't they usually do that in California? No, they move it. Well, they oh. used to move it around, and now it's always out there at. At the Port Angeles area. Oh, all right. I didn't realize that. I think I'd lost track of it when it was in places or at times when I wasn't available. But they used to do out. it down in uh, in Trout Lake, down there oh. by Mount Adams. Oh, cool. But they moved it out of there. So, um, and then typically either the weekend before or the weekend after Labor Day is when they have the Isle of Vashon poker. Right. Run. Yeah. And yeah, I used will, to live uh, over on. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Oh yeah. I was just going to say we used to live over on Vashon and I had a, a vintage bike. So, it was, but you know, we saw some cool stuff. There were, you know, bikes with the rotary engines and just all kinds of unique and unusual things. Uh, and, uh, always a good, it was fun. It yeah. was a lot of fun. Always good stuff to see. Yeah. And it's for a good cause. You're helping to fund the uh, Finnish motorcycle enthusiast. So uh, September, we're going to have the ride for kids. We haven't had that for a few years. The uh, Washington State Flat Track Championship will be happening in September. You know, uh, back up a second. I think that uh, flat track, there's going to be some flat track out at Castle Rock in August, in mid-August, too. So um, I'm not sure. So the the Washington State Championship in uh, September, but then if you want to catch some flat track in August. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look at that Castle Rock stuff because when I was Mm -hmm. working on the calendar earlier, they didn't have their dates in yet. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, yep. Uh, let's see. And then it looks like the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride is going to happen in September again this year. I know last year it happened. When they do it in like June or July, and it was sort of like do it, do your own thing kind of deal. Oh, right, right. But as far as I know, that's going to be in September. Do you uh, know where they start that one from? Well, or does is it? Are there multiple events? Yeah, there that? is because this is yeah. something that okay. happens all over the world. But right. up here in Seattle, I think they used to kick it off down, maybe down at the Wick. Okay, but I was thinking I'd read. I, I I was the reason I was asking is I was thinking there was a group in Tacoma too that I'd seen one year that that uh, started in that area. Oh, okay, maybe. Well, there'll be details about all that on the website when they get it updated. So, uh, October will be the Intermot. We'll see. Now, that's the one in Germany, right? Mm, I think so. Yeah. Intermott's in Germany in October. And then in November is the EICMA in Italy. And we don't know for sure, but typically December we would see the Olympia toy run. Right. And if we have a a, a warmer December, that's about the only scenario where you're going to find me at that event. Well, you could just do it in your car. Come on. Sure. Sure, sure. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the only way I would do that. So there's the highlights. I I have to say, you know, this is a pretty good place to live. We have have quite a few um, cool events that go on, and there's a lot of stuff that we haven't talked about here that will be happening as well. So Yeah, start making your 2022 plans now. If you you live in the Pacific Northwest – you got a great place to be riding motorcycles, that's for sure. And if you don't live here, come visit because we got lots going on. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back with some tips and tricks. Support for SoundRider and the SoundRider Show is made possible by... Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, this is Whitney from Kirkland, Washington. My favorite place to ride is in the Lake Wenatchee area. Hello, this is Peter Starr, the director of Take It to the Limit, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show.
the Soundwriter Show. We're on the last lap, and Woo-hoo. we're going to do some tips and tricks. So, what do you got for a tip and trick this month? Well, with all of the, uh, you know, if you're making your plans for 2022 and you've got some uh, rider training or, uh, you know, you're doing any kind of uh, skills courses or any of those kinds of things, be sure to call your insurance company and uh, let them know because there's discounts associated with your motorcycle insurance for rider training. And I think those hang, you know, uh, hang on your account for about three years. And so if it's been a while, um, you know, refresh your skills and, and let your insurance company know and, and uh, it'll, it'll save you some money. And, you know, there are some courses you can take if you drive a car uh, ah. that you can take to get additional discounts. So it doesn't just apply to motorcycles. But, I, you know, I seem to remember it applied to motorcycles for a lot longer than than the car thing. I never remember hearing about discounts for auto insurance, but now you can do that, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the carriers might be a little bit different on how long uh, that goes. Uh, but uh, yeah, the one I talked to, it was three years. Um, the other thing too, you know, a lot of people postponed wedding plans in 2020 and got married in 2021. And so if you're in that category, uh, make sure you let your insurance company know because you, you get a discount too if you're married because apparently, um, you know, they, they've calculated that uh, married folks get fewer accidents. So yeah. Oh. Um, don't forget to cut, let your insurance company know you might get a discount. Because they spend more time in the car together and only one person's driving and the other yeah, one's ma- yelling at them? Oh, <laughs> Backseat driver? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, anyway, those are a couple ways you can get some discounts on your insurance. All right. Well, my tip comes from all this cold weather we've been having. And uh, in my building, all our security doors were closing slower, and they were harder to put the key in and turn. Yep, I had a key situation on my garage door where I uh, I could I had a lot of trouble. <laughs> so yeah, what's your tip? So what this is, this is a, a sort of a, a thickening of whatever you're using to lubricate those hinges or that ignition with. Uh, I my preference is to use a lithium grease to lubricate my ignition okay. on the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. But I do notice too when I go to, to take it out in the spring, it's pretty sticky in there. Oh yeah, Ick. so the recommended fix, and and you can use this on your hinges and doors at home too. Is uh, right now with the cold weather, go ahead and shoot some WD forty in there. And let it kind of clean out that gooky, sticky stuff. Uh, The important thing to remember, though, is that WD-40 isn't a lubricant. So uh, you're not going to have any lubrication in there when you're done. And that's okay for now when things are cold. But you're going to need to re-lubricate after you do that. So then go get your can of lithium grease, which uh, has been in short supply. It took me about six months to get two cans I was waiting for. Okay, what what do you know about uh, silicone spray for that scenario? Is Silicone's that okay, to too. I don't think yeah. that it has quite the uh, – it doesn't stick on as long. I think it dissipates sooner. Mm-hmm. So you could be going with silicone as well. And uh, uh, that's also a good one for chains because you're always lubing chains every 500 miles anyway. So sure. silicone's okay. 
Because you don't want to have stuff, and you never want to put WD forty on a like a five twenty right. chain, because <laughs> right. that'll eat up all the uh, seals on that O ring. Sure, all your O rings. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, the lithium or the silicone, whatever. Uh, I don't like all that. What's that? PJ one. It's so sticky and it shoots up all over the place and get your mm-hmm. bike all dirty. I'm not crazy about that. Yeah, I haven't used that one. So, all right. All righty. Well, there's our show for January 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. We will meet you back here for the February show. All right. Stay warm. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.